Hello and welcome to Grace in the Marketplace. My name is Tafara Butai. Did you know that God is inside Kairos moments, divine connections, favor, unmerited strength for his children, for the marketplace? I like to call all of this God's grace in the marketplace. And so on this podcast, that's what we're going to be talking about and many other subjects. So let's check out today's podcast. When Jesus gives gifts, he gives the best. And I just want to encourage you, it's not about celebrity worship with me, but uh, I do recognize uh, the real deal when I when I see it. And, and uh, Tafar, Pastor Tafar and Chipo are, are just the best. They're, they're great gifts, uh, as, as you guys uh, are well aware. And But I, I just encourage you to uh, be a blessing to them. Uh, lift up their arms, do more than your job uh, description, find ways to take responsibility off of them. And that, you know, you become, you become promotable as, as you just go the, go the second and third mile uh, and, and help, and, and not, only, not only help them, but help uh, serve one another. And so I just want to, uh, just want to recognize the angel of the house there and the pastors that God's given you there, man, he's given you the best. And, and I, I just uh, really bless these guys, bless their families. And then, and, and then I want to honor uh, you all today. Uh, my wife and I pastored for 27 years, 24 in one place in uh, North Texas. And that's where we met Andrew. And, and uh, now I'm a part of Andrew's ministry for the past 10 years but i have uh, i have a word that i want to share with you today about um how to navigate through storms um but before i do that um i've got i've got a real strong word uh for for you each of you who have been serving you've been faithful uh you you've been uh serving the body of christ uh, you've been you've been uh, blessing the Lord, and um, and I have a blessing that I want to speak over you. Uh, it's really threefold blessing. First of all, is Proverbs twenty eight twenty. It says a faithful man, uh, and that includes a faithful woman, will abound with blessings. And so there there is a special reward for people who've been faithful. Uh, in fact, in, in a couple of places in the New Testament. It talks about to the saints and faithful, and you know the, you guys have been doing the stuff. You've been you've been carrying the ball. You've been doing what uh, what what uh, what has blessed uh, your pastors, but you've also been doing that that which is blessing the Lord. And and God and and God sees everything that you're doing, and He said there's a there's increased blessings coming your way. Uh, in terms of finances, in terms of favor, in terms of uh, good deals, um, and all types of blessing, especially financial, and in your health are coming your way. And then I have another, uh, there's another twofold blessing. When you read 2 Timothy <clears throat> chapter 2, he talks about in verse 1, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace 
that is in Christ Jesus and the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So there he's talking about, he's gonna increase your ability. There's a blessing of increased ability and giftedness that comes when you're faithful. Uh, God doesn't add faithfulness to able people. He adds ability to faithful people. And, and God's increasing your gifts. He's increasing your anointing. He's increasing your kingdom effectiveness. You know, the Lord has never asked me to do anything in any kingdom assignment I've ever received in over 40 years of ministry that I ever felt adequate for. But I just, I just lean into his grace. And, you know, I pastored for 27 years and the opportunity came or God told me he had a new assignment for me. And I became the Dean of Education at Karis Bible College in, in Woodland Park, Colorado. It was a new position. And I didn't even know what a dean did. <laughs> and I had to lean into deaning grace. And so God's telling us, telling us here and, and wants to pass this on to you that he said he's adding ability to you. He's giving you his ability. His adequacy is coming to you because of faithfulness. And then finally, uh, so there's increase and financial blessing and favor that you need to expect, then there's increased adequacy or ability and giftedness. And then in verse uh, seven, he says can, in, of Second Timothy two, he says, consider what I say. And if you, if you take that in context, he's saying, consider what I say about my description of a faithful man, you know, and he goes he, and he talks about, you know, enduring hardship and not entangling yourself too much in the affairs of this life and discipline and all those things. And he said, consider what I say about faithfulness and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Uh, Andrew Womack taught this on faithfulness before and he stopped at verse six. And I came up to him afterwards. I said, Andrew, have you ever read verse seven? He said, well, sure. I said, well, do you know verse seven is connected to what you just taught on faithfulness? He said, consider what I say about faithfulness and the Lord's gonna give you understanding in all things. So I'm speaking over you, Faith Hill Church family and leadership. God's bringing you increased revelation, increased understanding. He's going to show you how to do your job better. He's going to give you wisdom in, in how to do uh, create new systems and processes and, and, um, and, and things not only in the church, but also in your businesses and in your families. And so I'm just speaking that over you. The Lord's pleasure is over you, that you've given yourself to serve your pastors and, and you've given yourselves to uh, serve the Lord. And he said, you, you, can't, you can't give yourself like that and serve like that without, uh, without me noticing and without me rewarding you. And I'm just telling you 
God's pleasure is over your lives, each of you. And I'm speaking this threefold blessing over you today of faithfulness that, first of all, there's increase coming to you and favor coming to you. Good deals are coming to you. Then secondly, increased ability, increased adequacy, um, increased uh, you know, giftedness and skill is coming to you. He's going to multiply your giftedness. And then thirdly, he's going to give you understanding in all things. Wow, <laughs> that's powerful. And that belongs to you. It belongs specifically to the faithful. And that's who I'm speaking to today. And so I just want to say, um, on behalf of the Lord, thank you. Thank you for following me. Thank you for obeying me. Thank you for laying your life down uh, for the saints. Thank you for uh, biting your tongue and then not sending that email back right away when somebody's biting your head off, you know. <laughs> Thank you for, for uh, just manifesting me and being faithful to serve uh, the EGR people, extra grace required people. <laughs> That's what I call them anyway. Uh, you have those in South Africa too, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, but how many of you receive that? I, I'm speaking that over you today. And, and listen, I'm just the messenger, okay? This is the Lord. This is the Lord speaking to you. This is the Lord blessing you. And he's just using me as a mouthpiece to tell you. He said, before you share any message, in fact, if, if this is all I share today, this would be enough. Because God's telling me to tell you, thank you. He really, really appreciates. You know, we, we and I know your pastors have taught this. We're children of God. And we, you know, God's pleased with us just because we're children his children. But there's another dimension of pleasing the Lord when, you know, he said it's impossible to please him without faith. When we step out and obey him from, from a place of faith, as you guys have done, man, you're blessing the Lord. You're, you're, you're really blessing him. And, and I'm from my heart. I'm just, I just feel and sense God saying, thank you. Thank you for, thank you for blessing me. Thank Thank you for blessing my body and my and, and my pat uh, my pastors and leaders there, and I'm telling you, promotion guys is coming your way. So uh, I just bless you today and just encourage you to uh, just just encourage you to um, to receive that and expect that. Um, the other thing uh, before I get into my main message is because of his blessing on your life and added uh, dimension of adequacy and all that, a promotion is coming to several of you. And, but listen, don't let that go to your head. Okay. And, and um, if your pastors have given you a, a place of influence and a platform to minister from, always make it, uh, always determined to be a blessing to them and don't, and, and commit to whatever's in your heart. Like if you, if you have it in your heart to pastor a church or, or start another Bible study or, 
or or you know anything like that go to your pastors and elders and submit that to them and so it's a blessing and it's it's not a curse just make sure you don't draw you don't use that platform of influence to draw disciples after yourself and um and hurt the hurt the church of god and hurt the body of christ so use your influence in a in a loving way all right so i'm let me tell you funny this is uh the different the difference between men and women okay um when it comes to money a man will pay two dollars for a one dollar item he needs a woman will pay one dollar for a two dollar item that she doesn't need but it's on sale <laughs> that's awesome bathrooms a man has six items in his bathroom a toothbrush toothpaste shaving cream razor a bar of soap and a towel the average number of items in the typical woman's bathroom is 337 and a man would not be able to identify more than 10 of these items. <laughs> oh, this is funny. The differences between men and women. Arguments. A woman has the last word in any argument. Uh, anything a man says after that's the beginning of a new one. <laughs> oh, the future. A woman worries about the future until she gets a husband. A man never worries about the future until he gets a wife. <laughs> That's funny. Success. A successful man is one who makes more money than his wife can spend. A successful woman is one who can find such a man. <laughs> oh, this is too funny. Well, if it wasn't true, right? Marriage. A woman marries a man expecting he will change, but he doesn't. A man marries a woman expecting that she won't change but she does <laughs> okay offspring finally ah children a woman knows all about her children she knows about the dentist appointments and romances and things going on with their uh, friends and teachers and their favorite foods and aware of some short people living in his house. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so I want to talk to you um, now for the next uh, few minutes, and we'll and we'll get we'll leave some time for some Q and A. I want to talk about how to navigate the storms of life. Um, you know, we've gone through COVID. We're st uh, still going through it, that in a measure, uh, you know, political things in the U.S. here, um, all kinds of uh, all kinds of media bias and all kinds of challenges, uh, you know, job changes and dealing with government regulations and, you know, there there are storms that that of life that come to us all in Ma Matthew chapter. Uh, seven verses 24 through 27 talked about you know if your house is built on the rock when the wind comes and the storm blows and your ha your house will stand if it's built on the sand it won't and so that's why you need to be a part of a good local church 
such as the one that you're part of, because we, we need to be fed the word of God and then we need to be feeding others the word of God. So John 16, 33, Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you're gonna have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And so none of us is ex are exempt from storms, but there are some things we can do to prepare for, for storms and also respond to them appropriately that will prep, that will protect us and all also help us navigate through them safely. Psalm uh, 34, 19 says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So it's helpful though, what I've discovered is it's helpful for us to realize what kind of storm that we're in so that we can know how to respond in, in those storms. And so there are three types of storms that, um, that the Bible talks about. There's storms of our own making, like Jonah's storm. Um, there's storms that are caused by others, uh, the, the disciple storm, I mean, the uh, Paul storm. And then there's storms that are just happen because we're doing the will of God, the disciple storm. And I want to look at each of those uh, just briefly and talk about it. There, there are things that, that are that are you're well aware of if you as you've read the word, but I want to just talk about these types of storms and and how people get into them and how you can help people get out of them, not only yourself, but as you're ministering to others. And so um, uh, in Jonah chapter one, it says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai saying, arise, go to Nineveh, uh, that great city and cry out against it for their wickedness has come before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a, a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them from the presence of the Lord. So there was something about the Ninevites that that Jonah despised. They probably had hurt some of his family or maybe imprisoned some of his family or something like that. And then God is telling him to go and preach to him. And and he ran, he fled from that. He ran away from that. And then anytime we run away from the Lord and disobey him, uh, rebel against what he's called us to do, it always leads to us going down. It said he went down to Joppa, and then he went down into the ship. And you know the story. Um, you know, they had, there was a great storm that came, and uh, they, finally, uh, they finally threw him overboard, and, and uh, they didn't want to, but they, you know, they, he, he confessed that it was his disobedience. And then in, in, verse, um, in verse 17 of chapter one, it says, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And I'm not gonna spend time reading through chapter two. Um, it's essentially Jonah repenting in the, in the belly of the whale. And you can read it yourself. Um, Verse seven says, well, I'll, I'll pick up there. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord 
and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. Man, that's powerful. And then he said, I'll sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. I'll pay what I vowed. In other words, he's saying, look, I'm consecrating myself to do what you told me to do, Lord. And then the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited him out on dry ground. And so this storm came because Jonah was disobedient. Um, there are some storms that people get into that are storms of their own making that you're going to be ministering to and they're blaming God and everyone else. But Hosea 13 verse 9 says, Oh, Israel, you have destroyed yourself, but in me is your help. And so, you know, you, we, have to under, we have to determine what kind of storm are we in and why are we in that storm? Because many times what's happened is people have given place to the enemy. Um, and like Andrew Womack says, we, we let him eat our lunch and pop the bag. And that's what happened with Jonah. And in a lot of people that you're ministering to, if they go through consistent, uh, you know, one storm after another, um, you know, the problem is that person and the way they're, the way, the way they're responding to the Lord. And so storms of our own making are caused by ignorance foolish, uh, or foolish decisions or just outright rebellion. And Jonah got into that storm because of disobedience. He got out of the storm through prayer and calling on God, but he went back to the word that God had spoken to him and he consecrated to that. Now I want to come back to that in a minute, but now let's talk about and look, let's look at uh, Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27, and this is a uh, this is Paul's storm. Let me find this real quick. Acts 27. And you remember the storm that Paul got into? I mean, the, the Jews put him in jail, and then they, they wanted to bring him down to Jerusalem, and they had people there that were going to wait and wait to kill him. And so he had to appeal to Caesar. And then they were sending him to Rome, and in Acts 27, verse 17, or verse 13, when the south wind blew, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed by Crete, but not long after, a, a tempestuous, or tempestuous uh, headwind arose called Euroculon, which basically was a cyclone or hurricane. So when the ship was caught, could not hand it into the wind, and running under the shelter of an island called Claudia, we secured the, the skiff with difficulty when they had taken it. And, and basically, man, after, it goes on down to talk about after three days, they threw out all the tackle and all the extra things, and, they, and, it, and then they'd given up all hope. And then, and then Paul, in, in uh, verse 21, but after long abstinence, from food, Paul stood in the midst of them and said, men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete. But now I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night, an angel of God to whom I belong 
in whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul, you must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those that sail with you. Therefore, take heart, man, for I believe God that it will be just as, as it was told me. And so here's Paul. He's in a storm because of what other people had done. And they wouldn't listen to him. I mean, they threw him in jail. Then, then they tried to kill him. Other people tried to kill him. Then he had to appeal to Caesar. Then they wouldn't listen to him here. And now they get in this big storm. But right in the middle of the storm, God gave Paul a word. And guys, when, when other people cause your storms that you're going through, okay, God, can, God will meet with you and give you a word that will get you out of that storm. And then, you know, after all of, you know, after all of uh, this happened, then um, in, in chapter 28, now when they had escaped, they found out that the uh, island that they were on was Malta and the natives showed no, no unusual kindness. And it was raining, it was cold, and they were gathering sticks and a, a snake uh, grabbed hold of Paul and fastened itself on his arm. And Paul said, oh God, after all I've gone through, after, after everything I've done and everybody's against me and, and now, now the snake is here to kill me. Is that what Paul did? No, man, he shook the beast off into the fire. He shook it off into the fire. And so listen, Paul, guys, wasn't vindictive against the people that had spoken against him. Um, you know, Paul, Paul's response was he just shook the beast off into the fire. Look, Paul got into the storm because of other people that have done things to him. But he got out of his storm by staying close to God, not getting angry at God, embracing the promises of God, considering others instead of himself, instead of blaming others, forgiving those who caused that storm and just shaking the beast off into the fire. He didn't, he didn't allow himself to, you know, to get offended at God or offended at others. And, and so many times we, we go through storms that other people have caused. And then we allow ourselves to become offended and we get stuck like Chuck in a time warp, warp of our pain. And, you know, Jesus said in Luke 17, 1, that it's impossible that no offenses will come. Okay, so if you were standing in front of me, I'd say, look at your neighbor on the left and right and tell them that, that it's not possible that you can be part of a healthy, thriving church like Faith Hill Church and, and not go through offenses. Offenses are going to come. But there's a difference between an offense that comes and you becoming offended. Are you hearing me? An offense that comes is, is an event that happens that you can't control. But becoming offended is a spiritual condition that you enter into because you respond to it negatively. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to take the time to... Uh, elaborate on on this but in matthew 24 verse 10 
Jesus is talking about what happens in the last days. And, and he said um, in, ver in verse 10, and, and then many will become offended and they'll betray one another, hate one another, false prophets will rise uh, and, de and deceive many, lawlessness will abound and, and the love of many will grow cold. I'm not nearly so concerned about global warming as I am about global chilling. And the cause of it, the cause of it, my brother and sister, Jesus said, and, and as leaders, we've got to understand this, that he said, it's impossible that no offenses will come. But when they come, if you become offended, what happens is you go through a, this downward spiral of, uh, you go through betrayal, hatred, false prophets rise, deception, lawlessness, and cold love. And then you exempt yourself in verse night, uh, verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness uh, to, um, to, uh, to, to all the nations. Well, then you exempt yourself from that if you allow yourself to become offended. Right in the middle of that list in Matthew 24, it says, many false prophets rise. You want to know where false prophets come from? From the place of becoming offended. And when you become offended, um, then, then you enroll in the school of false prophets and you learn their ways of betrayal, hatred, deception, lawlessness, and cold love. Now put that in your right to be offended pipe and smoke it. That's not a good place to be. And you know, people, you know, they get offended and they start their own Victims Anonymous Club. And they pass out gold members membership cards to everybody who will enable them to stay a victim. But the only problem is you're not a victim, you're a victor. And we're not to enable people, all the mercy showers out there, you know, you, you cannot let your mercy move over into human compassion that enables people to stay victims. They're not victims, they're victors in Christ. Amen? And guys, I'm, I'm telling you, this is huge. And Paul could have gotten offended, but he didn't. And if he would have gotten offended, he probably wouldn't have heard God. He wouldn't have heard the word that got them on the island. If he would have got offended, he, he wouldn't have shaken that beast off into the fire. He would have been dead. Listen, we cannot afford to let ourselves become offended. And I'll move on from this. But um, if you, how many of you would like to know how to stay offense-free? How to stay free from offense? Okay. When it comes to men, expect nothing and be thankful for everything. Amen? Well, at least they could have recognized me. At least they could have, you know, thanked me. At least they could have promoted me, you know, whatever. Well, the problem is you're looking to men. God will promote you. But if, you, but if I'm not expecting anything from you, then I can't get offended by you. Amen? Now, if you agree with someone, an employer, you know, 
that you'll give them 40 hours a week and they'll give you a certain amount of money for that. You can expect that. But I'm talking about relationships here. And if I'm not expecting anything, I can't get offended. And I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm spending more time on this than I had planned to. But uh, so I know it's probably not for anybody listening to me. It's just for all those that you're ministering to. <laughs> no, maybe somebody has allowed their heart to become offended. Um, you know, here's the thing you need to realize, guys. The kingdom of God is not fair. It's not. According to men's eyes, it's not fair. Why? What do you mean, Pastor Greg? Well, uh, Jesus had 70 disciples. He prayed all night and chose 12. Not fair, Jesus. Out of those 12, he only took three to Jairus's house. Not fair, Jesus. Out of the 12, he only took three up to on the Mount of Transfiguration. Not fair, Jesus. See, here's the issue, guys. How we respond to those situations that don't seem fair will determine whether we get promoted or not or whether we enroll in the school of false prophets. And I'm just, and whether you get to the other side of your storm. And Paul didn't allow himself to, uh, to get angry at God, to get offended at anybody. Um, he just shook, and then he shook the beast off into the fire. There wasn't anything the devil could do that could stop Paul. And if you won't allow yourself to get offended, the devil can't stop you either. But if you let yourself get offended, uh, you've stopped yourself. And you've enrolled in the school of false prophets. Well, praise God. That's, that's not a place to be, but I hope that's helped you. Then the third storm, the third type of storm we find in, in Mark chapter 4. And this is just the disciples' storm. Okay, in verse 35, on the same day when the evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. And so what, did, so what did Jesus, the word of God, tell them? We're going to go to the other side. Everybody say, we're going to the other side. Okay. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him, and a great windstorm arose. The waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Then he arose, rebuked the wind, said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why, do you, why are you so fearful? And how is it you have no faith? Then they feared exceedingly. And then in chapter five, verse one, they came to the other side. And when they came, there, there was a man that immediately met them out of the tombs, that, that man that was demonized. Okay, here's, here's the deal, guys, that Jesus gave his disciples a directive. Let's go to the other side. And you know, they started off really good because they were professional fishermen. They knew there was probably a storm brewing, okay? but they obeyed Jesus and got in the boat. They did exactly what he told them to do. They were doing the will of God. 
but then a great storm arose. Here are storms, there are certain storms that come that the devil is simply trying to get you off of the word. He's attacking you because of your faith. And Jesus was asleep. He was at peace. And the disciples were terrified. But now listen, this is the point I want to make. The disciples, they've started off in faith, but then the waves filled the boat and they responded to the storm with two things that won't get you to the other side of your storm. Number one, Lord, you don't care. When they, when they ask, Lord, do you, don't, don't you care? But they're saying, Lord, you don't care. Number two, we're perishing. We're all gonna die in this storm. And Jesus rebuked the wind and waves, which is what they should have done themselves. And, and then, he, then, he, then he chastised them for their lack of faith. Basically, he's saying, look, you've been with me so long and, you, and you've seen me walk on the water, all kinds of things, and you think that boats filled with water, as long as I'm in the boat, you think you're going to die? Uh, I told you we're going to the other side. And, and they did get to the other side. And so, but too many times what, we, what happens is we allow the storm, we allow the storm to get into our heads instead of going back to what, what did Jesus tell you to do? And realize that, that many times that storm is, is coming because you're doing the will of God. Uh, about four years ago, I was in Florida just preaching the gospel and, and uh, man, I, uh, I got sick and um, I had a high temperature and, and, um, and lost my lunch and, 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 and then I was kind of delirious. I had a high fever and all of a sudden it hit me and my wife prayed and, and I was praying, but I was in and out. So uh, I wasn't really in a good place to make decisions. And, and the spirit of God told her, go take Go take him to, um, the, go take him to the doctor, and so I, I, I mean the hospital. So I went, and they found that I had double pneumonia, and sepsis, and, and, um, you know I didn't even know what sepsis was, but I told my wife don't don't even look it up. I don't even want to know what it is, but uh, later, and I was supernaturally healed. I'm not going to go into the details of it, but I was supernaturally healed. And, and came out of there uh, four days later um, and, and with no pneumonia, no sepsis. Uh, it was supernatural. But and I had people ask me, well, why did that happen? Well, uh, I don't know, but I, but I know one thing. I was doing the will of God. And so, you know, we're, you know, trying to ask the question, God, why did you let this happen? Listen, guys, sometimes storms come just as an attack against the will of God. And all I know is that test turned out to a testimony. So I'm going to land the plane here, okay? We're going to stop and we're going to answer questions. But the, here's how disciples get out of storms that are caused by the devil attacking their faith or their mission. You got to refuse to assume that God doesn't care for you. Don't let the storm convince you or separate you from the love of God. Paul said in Romans 8, I'm persuaded that, that neither death or life or anything else, 
can separate me from the love of God. Number two, refuse to agree with the worst case scenario as a final authority in the storm. Don't let the storm tell you you're going to die or we're going to perish. No, go back on the word. And what did God tell you? I'm going to the other side. And then exercise authority over the storm. And then finally realize there are great ministry opportunities on the other side of the storm. And here's the here's where I want to finish today. With, and this is powerful truth. Each of these storms, Jonah's storm, that was caused by his own uh, by his rebellion, the disciples, I mean the uh, Paul storm that was caused by other people, and and the disciples storm that was just an attack against um, against uh, their lives because they were doing the will of God. In Jonah's storm, he got a word from God at the beginning, and when he got back on that word, he got to the other side, and when he got to the other side. There was revival on the other side of his storm. Then the Paul storm, you know, he got a word of God, word from God in the middle of the storm. And when he believed that word, he got to the other side of his storm. And on the other side of the storm, there was revival on that island. And the, the, the disciples storm, when, when they got back, on, well, at least when Jesus, <laughs> you know, got, had fixed their, you know, their, their unbelief, and, and they got to the other side when, when, if they would have just believed what God said, they got to the other side, and when they got to the other side, the demoniac was healed. Listen, guys, every storm, every storm that's come against you, for whatever reason, if, if, if it came because you did, you messed up, or whatever, just repent and get back on the word. Every storm that comes, uh, if you'll get back on the word of God and then and, and know that you're not going to perish, God loves you, you're going to get to the other side. On the other side of your storm are signs, wonders, and miracles. On the other side of your storm, there's, there's a great revival happening. And Faith Hill Church, listen to me. God's going to shake that nation and shake your city through what, what and, uh, and, and the nations through what he's doing through you. The devil trembles every day you wake up. And listen, this COVID storm, it's nothing. We're going to get to the other side of it. We're going to hold on to the word of God. We're not going to let the storm tell us God doesn't love us. And on the other side of this storm, there's signs, wonders, and miracles. There's great revival. And you guys are going to be our big part of that. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Amen, Pastor Amen. Greg. That was such a powerful word. And uh, quickly, we're going to jump into the questions. I know we, are, we only have about 10 minutes with you. Guys, if you have any more questions, you can throw them in the chat section, and we'll be able to uh, get them to Pastor Greg to answer them before he leaves. The first one is, how do you deal with someone who always takes offense when you try to correct them or show them the way? Yeah, you know, that's that's a challenge. Um, but I just I just approach them and say, you know, look, our, our, you don't need to take this personally. Uh, I'm trying to help you to grow. And if you want to grow and you want to mature, fine. If you want to stay defensive and you want to stay offended, then, um, you know, I can't help you. I can't help you grow. I love you. I pray for you. 
but you can't grow if you can't be corrected. And if anytime you're corrected, you take it personally as personal rejection, you can't grow. And I, and I'm just telling you, I love you. And then you could give them your own experience. You know, I used to be that way, but I just decided I'm going to take correction uh, without taking it as personal rejection. So I would just speak the truth and love to him. Maybe use yourself as a personal example of how God helped you uh, grow out of that. And then, uh, then, then it won't come down. It won't come across so condescending. So, and then just pray, look, and then pray the word of God over them. Paul said, I travail in birth again, Galatians 4, 19, that Christ might be formed in them. So don't give up on them. Um, but if they, if they decide to stay offended, you just, you'll have to pray for them and, and pour yourself into people who are low maintenance people. Don't be spending all the time with people that stay offended. You can love them, but you can't disciple them. That was a, that was a that good was answer. Good. Amen. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Uh, the next question, Pastor Greg, is uh, what are some of the most important practical lessons you have learned on your leadership walk this far? I think uh, this person is, uh, you know, probably referring to longevity in ministry. Well, in longevity in ministry, first of all, I, I had to learn how not to, I had to learn to how to receive correction from other people without taking it as personal rejection. I had to make sure, I had to uh, believe what God told, it's really being strengthened in your identity, who you are in Christ. And then, um, and then I have, I've just made a decision. I'm going to surround myself and make myself accountable to other leaders who could, who I give permission to speak into my life and allow me to grow. If you see anything in my life that is unlike, as unchristlike, then I give you permission to speak into my life because we, each of us has blind spots. And so I find a circle of men and women who, who, who love me, but who also speak the truth and love to me. And uh, I learned a, a major leadership lesson from uh, Jack Hayford, uh, who's a great kingdom leader. And he said, my, the keys, two keys to my success is I stay childlike with God and teachable with men. And uh, not childish. I, I stay dependent upon the Lord. I don't ever think I know it all or that I have the answer to everything. I stay dependent upon him. And then I stay teachable with men. I can learn from anyone. And that's helped me. Um, and then the third thing is, I would say, um, you know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, 15, that we're to judge all things. But then Matthew 7, 1 tells us not to judge one another. So a, a key to maturity in my life in leadership is, you know, because 50% of what we learn is what to avoid. And, and, and it's to be able, maturity is, is can, I, can I observe something in another leader that, that doesn't represent Jesus, doesn't represent his kingdom, and make note of that without judging that person. 
without judging their motives, without judging, passing a sentence on them, what they deserve for um, for that. So those those are things that have helped me uh, to helped me to grow in in um, in leadership, and then and then to just be real confident in in a hearing God, and hearing God is primarily uh, not maturing and hearing God is I don't I don't have to depend on God to take me by the hand with a prophetic word with a with a dream or a vision with some supernatural way that he speaks to me rather I, I go with the desire that he placed in my heart and I follow peace that's helped me to mature in leadership and then if God wants to give me a prophetic word I'm fine with that, but I don't depend upon that. That's immature leadership. Amen, uh, Pastor. Thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight and for pouring into us. Man, it was such an awesome word. Don't you guys agree? It was was phenomenal. I think it's a word in season. And uh, we're going to ask you, Pastor, if you don't mind, just to pray over us, and then we're going to wrap it up. Well, Father, I just want to thank you for uh, Pastor Tafara and Chifo and and the entire Faith Hill Church leadership team here. And Father, I'm asking you to help help them realize and recognize that when I was speaking earlier about your thanks toward them, that's real from your heart. That they would receive that. That they would receive uh, the the. Uh, your love and appreciation for them, Father. Let them feel that, know that, sense that, and just make it real to their hearts. And then, Lord, I'm speaking freedom uh, from offense over every leader here, that, that we're, we're, we're going to lay down all expectations of one another and just give, give one another permission to even forget us sometime or overlook us sometime and, and not to judge them or be offended by that, because we want to grow, Lord. And so I just speak great grace over this leadership team. Father, help us to see, as we get a hold of your word, you're going to take us through every storm. And Father, on the other end of, uh, of every storm, there's revival, signs, and wonders. And um, I'm just speaking that grace over this church and over this leadership team. And, uh, and I just thank you for that, Father. Increase increase increased ability and increased um understanding is yours in jesus name amen